the gods. Okay. I love it. Ooh, I love let's it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Ooh. Ooh, a little love. A little love. Here's the thunder, baby. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Jane Foster, baby, it's here. It is here, and, there, and she has company. Uh, she is not alone. We get some uh, <laughs> cosmic, cosmic help going yeah. on here. Yes, I love it. I dig it. <laughs> well, let's jump into it. Welcome back to New Rockstars. The latest Thor Love and Thunder trailer included shots of a mysterious chamber with golden statues pointing mm. to various well-known cosmic entities who look very much like the Living Tribunal, mm -hmm. the Watcher, Death, Eon, and Infinity. Who are these assholes? Why are they in Love and Thunder? And will they take a form beyond a statue? What the what the flick? flick? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. In um, two weeks from now, this will turn into our Miss Marvel after show. Yes. Right now, the biggest story in Marvel this week is Thor, Love and Thunder, and uh, how it looks to be changing the hierarchy of cosmic authorities in the MCU. Uh, we're gonna go way into that this episode, who these gods of the gods are. And uh, well, before we do, I'm Eric Voss. Here with me is MT. MT, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I am so glad to finally see more Jane Foster Thor because like the teaser trailer wasn't enough for me. I needed to see her in action. And did you see how yeah. that hammer just like shot out different pieces? That was freaking dope. That was dope. Yes, that was incredible. <laughs> Uh, I love how it can uh, break apart into different pieces and then come back together. Right, such so such a cool detail, uh, and how it's like it's never fully uh, fully fused back together. It right. stays in a broken state. Right, I dig it. It's so cool. Taika Waititi always with yeah. the good ideas. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, this interesting shot of all the gods to the gods here. Right. Uh, but before we get into that, it is your last chance to grab our Doctor Strange latest obsession shirt over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. This limited edition shirt features artwork inspired by Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it's about to be kicked through the Star Portal for good to make room for a new latest obsession shirt coming soon. So head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com to check out all of our awesome merch options and to support the channel. MT, what question are we talking about this week? All right, everyone, we've got to ask, who are these five cosmic entities revealed in this new Thor Love and Thunder trailer, my friend? Yeah, the trailer shows the mighty Thor, Jane Foster, arriving in this mysterious chamber. She's riding a Pegasus. She's coming through a fiery rift that seems to open mm. and close with her arrival into this room with these five golden statues visible in frame. There may be more out of frame. These are just the ones that we see. The clearest one is the three-faced hooded head of the living tribunal. None right. of these have been confirmed yet, by the way, This, is, but this one is obviously him. Yeah. No other Marvel character really <laughs> looks like this. Uh, and this is his third MCU appearance of the past year after being mm. the first alternate dimension Doctor Strange and America Chavez passed through in Multiverse of Madness and appearing as a severed head statue in the Void and Loki. And we should mm. note, MT, the Living Tribunal has now made more actual MCU cameos than Kang has. It's true. And we also have the mention of the Living Tribunal in Doctor Strange 1 as well. So like, he's absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Kang has never been spoken in live action in the MCU. The it's Living true. Tribunal has. At we least don't once. say the K word in the MCU yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, now, the Living Tribunal is the cosmic entity that oversees all natural law across the multiverse, kind of like a chief justice. In the right. Infinity Gauntlet comics, and Infinity War and Endgame were based on uh, other entities actually appealed to the Living Tribunal to try to punish Thanos through snapping away half of all life, and the Living right. Tribunal acquits Thanos. But saying that Thanos never actually broke any natural laws. Mm. Um, now, if you look slightly beyond the Living Tribunal in the shot, it looks like the Watcher, Uatu. We know him from the animated yes. What If, voiced we by Jeffrey him. Wright. We love our favorite we bald watcher man. 
We want some more of him. He's got that huge bald head, the high collar cape. It's got to be him. Now, remember, Watchers also showed up in Guardians Volume 2. Right. The Watchers oversee the multiverse, but are supposed to never interfere. But of course, Uatu interfered in What If? And in the comics, Uatu, I believe, interferes to warn the Fantastic Four about Galactus. Right. Uh, so he does. Uh, all natural laws are meant to be broken. And then on the left side of screen, closest to us, a hooded skull, most likely death or Lady Death. Uh, right. Some were saying Red Skull, but Red Skull's teeth are not that exposed. There's a bit more flesh covering his skull. This is just a bare skull. It's death. Right. And death, of course, is a representation of death in Marvel lore. Like, really, many of these entities are embodiments of abstract concepts. Um, death is the figure that Thanos in the comics went on that stone quest for uh, in right. an attempt to woo death. And actually, Deadpool later hooks up with uh, Lady Death at one point. Big so fan fun. of death, that Deadpool. <laughs> fun pairing. Yep. <laughs> Um, now, behind Death in this shot is a weirdo named Eon. Yes. We're pretty sure this is Eon. Eon yeah. is the embodiment of time, or at least associated with time. He has this immense, gross anatomy. He stores infinite knowledge from throughout history. Uh, really, he's just one of these trippy things from 70s Captain Marvel comics after Jim Starlin saw a grease stain on a garbage bag <laughs> on a street corner and found it shaped fascinating. That is the true origin, the genesis <laughs> of Eon in the Marvel comics. It was a I love trash stories smear. like that. It's like Eon yes. probably would have never had, likely would have never happened if it wasn't for that weird circumstance. I love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. And then behind Eon is a bald female figure that we're pretty sure is Infinity. Right. Infinity is a sister to Eternity. She's another all-powerful cosmic entity who really is vaguely defined. But in the mm. MCU, the art on the wall of the Temple of Morag in Guardians Volume 1 is depict, uh, it depicted four cosmic entities with the Infinity Stones. We have Death, Eternity, Infinity, and Entropy. So the MCU history may suggest that Infinity could have been the source of the Infinity Stones. MT, right. I know you've made a lot of theories uh, wading into the, these waters, yes? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel like Infinity is definitely the source of the Infinity Stones in the MCU, whereas Eternity, her brother, is probably just the representation of the actual physical universe like the actual space so like them two together yeah make the mcu but yeah for sure now um in the comics these five in particular are not really grouped in any specific five member lineup the way that the illuminati are you know right. a known in, a known grouping but they they're all from the same tier of cosmic overseers who just tend to show up whenever the multiverse is being threatened or right. when any one being rises too quickly to god tier and threatens their hierarchy um right. Now, there are actually some disputes over the exact power hierarchy in Marvel lore, but uh, pretty much universally accepted is that the top of that hierarchy is an entity known as the One Above All. In the comics, the One Above All is usually unseen, has often uh, been likened with Jack Kirby himself. Uh, mm -hmm. But in the MCU, some have said that the One Above All of the MCU might just be Kevin Feige. It's meant to be a kind of a meta thing. We never I would love to person. see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but really right beneath the one above all is often considered to be the living tribunal because right. as the ultimate legal authority, the living tribunal is the one all other entities appeal to. The living tribunal's verdict is final. Mm. He can't be overruled by anyone else, uh, but he, he can be avoided or subverted or sidestepped via loopholes, that kind of thing. But, you know, once you appeal to the living tribunal, there is no higher power to go right. to. Um, so why are these five appearing in Thor, Love and Thunder? 
Well, my theory is that these entities are the MCU's version of those who sit above in shadow, at least when it comes to their relationship to the Asgardians. Uh, those who sit above in shadow are the really the gods to Odin and to Thor uh, and all the other Asgardians. They set the rules of Ragnarok. They empower Mjolnir. Uh, in the MCU, we've, you might have heard reference to the term All Fathers. You know, some people say that's connected to Odin, but uh, whenever they pray to All Fathers uh, to give them strength, uh, like Heimdall did to get strength for uh, to blast Hulk back to Earth. He right. might have been praying to these figures, uh, and these right. figures just take different forms to different groups who pray to them. Um, mm. But it does seem like this is where Mjolnir is getting its magic because we see Jane in this chamber harnessing lightning right. through that hammer. Um, so this movie seems to be giving us a sense of the broader hierarchy in general of the MCU. And the way I see it is we have multiple tiers. I'm just going to run down the tiers that seem to be uh, taking shape here. We have tier okay. one, the base tier, which is where we see humans, other mortals. You can include enhanced individuals, but humans who can die, even if you have super right. soldiers here or whatever. Um, okay. Tier two would be Asgardians and Eternals and Olympians, the slow aging demigods whom humans have worshipped as gods. They can right. die, they just age very slowly. Um, then you have tier three, which are the abstract gods who have large corporeal bodies who have to use avatars to do their bidding. So I would group Bastyr, Torit, Amit, Khonshu, maybe Zeus. Uh, we know within the pantheon of gods in, in Olympus and Thor, Love and Thunder, some of them are just bigger than the others. And right. they seem to have like a different kind of status than the other normal sized gods who sit around them. If yeah. Mephisto ever shows up, I would assume Mephisto would be on this tier just because Mephisto tends to use avatars or champions to do his bidding, uh, right. like Ghost Rider, etc. Um, now, I think these guys might be on the same tier as Celestials, but I actually mm. think Celestials might be on their own tier, tier four, just mm. because they seem to be in their a different class than yeah, like I would agree. than Ahmed and Khonshu and all them. Um, and then uh, tier five would be these cosmic entities we're now seeing in the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. The, the Watchers, the Living Tribunal, the Death, Eon, Infinity, Eternity, the abstract concept beings. Um, and then uh, the Living Tribunal, I actually think is going to be who Erishim is now appealing to after Eternal, since, you know, Cersei was a tier two being, killed Tiamat, who is a higher tier being, that being a, a violation that Erishim must go to a higher tier to appeal to, that being the Living Tribunal is my theory for that but i think mm. above all of these would be a final tier tier six where the one where the one above all resides and i just like the idea of there being six of them six being a harmonic number in nature aligns with the six infinity stones everything being hexagonal shaped etc etc and i think in this movie only these tier five cosmic entities can decide when a being can change tier move up mm. or down between tiers and that's why they have that relationship with jane foster because when jane powers up in the lady thor she's jumping a tier and that's a totally different evolution from other times we've seen people suddenly get empowered whether it's a human suddenly getting super soldier serum or or with jennifer walters gamma radiation or becoming an avatar uh to a god the way mark specter and uh and, and layla did so i think these five beings decided that jane should become thor to temporarily help the other gods in this gore crisis and mm. i think we may not see their giant cgi forms in this movie they may just be voices coming from statues but either way i think that's going to be their function in this movie mm. mt i want to hear your thoughts i really love that you connected them with uh, those who sit above in shadow because like they've been teased ever since the first thor movie 
um, when uh, we, we, I think there's an object in Odin's vault that does tease those who sit above in shadow. So like, it would be great if like they were the MCU's uh, like translation of that. It would make a lot of sense because they seem to be like, like you said, these like overseers of the Marvel universe. So like, it'd be dope if like, like you said, Jane Foster does power up herself here and like does get her powers of Thor here. Cause it, it seems like a very, it, it reminds me about the Shazam uh, where Shazam gets his powers, that little uh, area in the, the DC movie. So like, I'm getting like very Shazam-y vibes there. So like, I could totally see that being a, a place where um, she gets those powers. But I, I, I have a feeling, me personally, I, f I feel like this little chamber or wherever she is, is like this where she'll end up getting a, a cosmic awareness. Because um, in the Marvel comics, um, like the cosmic awareness is basically your ability to just know things that like important things in the co in the cosmos and like uh eon himself um I, I believe he uh he gives quasar cosmic awareness because eon is the one who gives quasar his, his his cosmic bands his quantum bands rather um and so i think i think all of these characters were death eon um you know uh, the watcher living tribunal um all of them all have something in common and like it's it's the, this this cosmic awareness so i feel like maybe jane foster like the one thing that will like give her a one up on her predecessor Thor is that she is able to just know when things are happening in different parts of the universe and just head to them. In an MCU tie-in book that tied into an Infinity War, Jane Foster was actually able to sense the snap happening without actually being at the location of the snap or even being associated with any of the Avengers at the time. So like she has a degree of cosmic awareness within her already within the MCU, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's, it's, and it's probably due to her experience with the ether in Thor of the Dark World. Um, so, yeah, I think that this could be like her having a deeper cosmic awareness. She, her getting those powers from these entities. I think it'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, I really do. I, I love this idea of those who sit above in shadow and like them being the ones who sit above in shadow. Like being the ones that the gods worship. Because it'd be really cool to see who the gods worship um, in this movie for sure. Yeah. And you touched on something that we brought up before, this idea that Jane had exposure to the ether in Thor the Dark World. Right. Uh, and I think that might be the explanation behind her cancer. And, you know, we talked about right. if Infinity is the source of the Infinity Stones, she might have taken particular pity on Jane Foster, felt mm. guilty for something she created, uh, you know, leading to, like, no human was probably meant to make contact with the reality stone, right? Like, right. so maybe Eternity just had some kind of uh, pity for her, especially when you consider that, like, you know, in Endgame, in the time heist, Rocket both extracted the uh, the ether from her, and then Cap had to put it back in her right. when, the, when the time heist ended. And we never really saw that, which it's yeah. pretty messed up. And you could imagine these yeah. gods being like, you know what? No, this uh, this this individual deserves redemption. So let's right. you know maybe that could have been the reason why Eternity or excuse me Infinity could have lobbied the other four and said no, let's do this for her. That'd be really cool because like we do know in Thor two that like she was sort of called towards the ether. So like that's not really her fault. Like the ether sort of just screwed her. Like the ether pulled her into the ether dimension. Like come here. Like you're coming here and I'm gonna yeah. go into you. So like I would I could totally see Infinity being like. Yeah. All right. She re she literally saved the universe in Thor two. Yeah. Let's let's throw her a bone and like you know give her these powers. Yeah, I can totally see that. That's a good idea. Yeah.
Um, well, we're going to talk about the future of Jane Foster, the future of Mjolnir, and the future of the Thor title as uh, we move on with this episode. But before we get to that, we want to thank some friends who helped us make this episode. Thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. So even when stripped of his robes before Pantheon of Gods, Thor has some confidence. And confidence can take you pretty far in life and in the bedroom. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost, you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. It's all done online, no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help you. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code marvel at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluetooth.com promo code marvel to receive your first month free visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information we thank bluetooth for sponsoring the show we also want to thank stance for sponsoring this episode we love us some stance socks around uh, the new rockstar's office they fit great they have cool designs made with brands like the marvel pixar mlb nba and simpsons brands they even have a new line inspired by fortnite let everyone know you're glad no build mode is here stance is branching out beyond socks to bring color and comfort and creativity from toe to head with the launch of a new active apparel line. Check out Stance's super soft line of sweatpants, shirts, hoodies, hats, and more now available in a full range of fits, prints, fabrics, and fun. Embrace a life of superior comfort and creative expression with everyday active apparel that is truly stitched different. Stance's philosophy is that you should never have to sacrifice your own individual style for the sake of comfort, and now you don't have to. Whether you're relaxing around the house, working out at the gym, or running all over town, Stance now delivers its signature softness and creativity in a full line of active apparel styles from toe to head. Stance's got you covered. Head on over to Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code MARVEL at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance Stitched Different. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. Are you looking for a simple way to get an all in one nutritional insurance with one scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health and nervous system and your immune system. Our very own Tommy Bechtold started drinking their AG1 every morning and he's been loving it. He says it tastes great. It's easy to drink first thing in the morning. AG1 supports mental clarity and alertness as well as better sleep quality and recovery. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the US. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of AG1 in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com marvel. Again, that's athleticgreens.com marvel to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, MT, uh, after this Thor Love and Thunder trailer drop, Taika Waititi uh, clarified something. A lot of people were wondering about what's next for Jane Foster, what's next for Mjolnir. And he explained that Jane Foster might not be the permanent torchbearer for Mjolnir by the end of this film. I'm going to quote mm. him directly and do my best uh, horrible impression that I can. Do it. I think a lot <laughs> of fans are going uh, going to potentially assume, oh, okay, this is passing on the torch. I'm not privy to any of the plans Marvel has for the future, and I don't think that's the case. Bro, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was not shitty at all. That was like, I was impressed. I was like, is he actually Mm. here? That's pretty Mm. good. That's pretty good. A little little weak. A little thin. thin. I liked it. I I give it a a 9.5 out of 10. (laughs) 
<laughs> but what I love about this quote, and thank you, by the way, Inti, it's very kind of you to say, um, <laughs> it sounds like what TT is doing some expectation management, right? Uh, he doesn't mm. want people to go ahead and start like uh, planning on Jane Foster being the permanent Thor. I don't think he wants to trap Natalie Portman into that. Not to right. say Natalie Portman can't come back as Jane Foster in the future, um, but it seems like he's indicating, hey, the future of the Thor title is uh, way more wide open than we expect. So I want to ask you, who do you think is going to be the MCU Thor at the end of this movie? Hmm. I, I I think that they're leaning towards Jane Foster. I think that that'll be the case um, because, like, A, like, it happens in the comics, but also, I, I, I just feel like having Jane Foster in this movie as Thor and then not giving her the title and, like, just having, like, Thor Odinson just keep the title... It doesn't seem like it, it. It would seem like a kind of a waste of time and like kind of a waste of Natalie Portman and, and the character of Jane Foster Thor. And I feel like so many people, especially women, want to see um, Jane Foster take over this title and, and sort of just like be be an Avenger and like help like help the Avengers in the in the in the MCU proper. So I think that in like and and also considering that like the posters say the one and only Thor, I have a feeling that Jane Foster will end up um, just fully taking on this title while Thor himself just tries to find himself like his mother wanted him to in, uh, in Endgame because like that's the true measure of, the, of a hero um, apparently to uh, Frigga. So I think that Thor wants to go on this journey of self-discovery while the universe is protected by Jane Foster. But what do you think? I mean, I guess like my question is, do a lot of women need to see Natalie Portman as Jane? Is that something that like all women are clamoring for? I know there are a lot of women who like this art. I'm excited for this art too. I would say like if you were to survey a lot of women, I think they'd say we... There are other, like, interesting female characters that we'd love mm. to explore without dealing with this, like, deal of they need to be super buff and doing a Chris Hemsworth impression for a movie, you know? Like, right. uh, what's so great about this Jane Foster storyline is it, uh, it's it's less about her being Thor and more about just, like, exploring Jane, exploring what she's going through. Uh, and right. I think... I think where this movie will end up is kind of in this open-ended place where Jane can at times be worthy and be Thor and, and take on that mantle, but also Thor can still be Thor and he doesn't have to be depowered to still be who he is. And right. I think bringing other worthy candidates in the mix, including, as we saw in Loki, Throg, can show yes. up. And Beta Reed Bill, I think... I kind of want at the end of this movie to have Beta Ray Bill carrying Stormbreaker and then... yes. Uh, beta ray bill to be uh, a version of thor that goes forward in the future uh but i i don't think unless like chris hemsworth is done and mm-hmm. he gets killed off in this movie which i don't i don't think that's going to be the case like i think hemsworth has found a sweet spot he's found right. a character that he loves playing um like i i know that i think that's gonna be a fun conflict in this movie of who gets to be thor in a uh, scene to scene to scene Right. Uh, and it's going to be like a, a fun exchange and, and kind of an arm wrestling between these characters. I'm very excited to see that. Um, but I don't think it's going to be the same thing uh, that like the fact that Sam Wilson is now Captain America. Right. Mm. Like that was like a permanent change. And now going forward, we call Sam Wilson Captain America. Right. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that kind of handoff in this movie. And mm. I think that's what Watiti is saying. Interesting. Um, like I, I would really love for for Jane to stay, but like I can totally see Jane not staying at the same time, and like and possibly seeing Beta Ray Bill 
um, taking up the the mantle, like as the new Thor, like as a, in a completely let out of left field, like surprise, like, oh my God, it's Vader and Bill. Everyone like has, has been clamoring for this character for forever. But yeah, no, I could totally see that. But also I have this um, idea where I feel like at the end of this, Jane Foster could get the mantle and we could see Thor transitioning into Loki season two and like being plucked out of this universe for a little bit and uh, having Jane Foster just doing her thing. But um, but no, I could totally see you, your. I'm oh, sorry. Do <laughs> you think we'd see Hemsworth show up in Loki season two? It, I think it's so. the most watched Disney Plus uh, Marvel title, as we yeah. learned. And like everyone loves Loki. So like after Loki died in, in Infinity War, we see like this different variant come over and have a whole story in this uh, separate TVA type of universe. So like if if Jane Foster does end up being the next Thor or the mantle of Thor gets passed on to whoever, then I can see the Marvel Cinematic Universe being like, all right, we're not going to use Thor in this main universe for a while because the mantle has been taken over. So let's just have some fun. And put Thor with this Loki variant and like have them reunited with Thor having this big old Loki tattoo on his back and having like a really awkward exchange with Loki being like, I thought you were dead. I got a tattoo on my back for nothing. This is the <laughs> biggest trick of all time. You got me. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be really fun to see Chris Hemsworth being funny in Loki season two, but that's just. Yeah, I want to see these two together on screen again. Yes. I think that's one thing I'm missing from the Thor Love and Thunder footage is uh, is Loki, you know? Yes. Uh, I've loved all these uh, screenshots that people are putting together of like when Loki suddenly gets disrobed in Loki episode one and when now Thor's getting uh, his clothes <laughs> flicked off, like. As Guardians, they uh, they bring a lot to the table. They're the always gun show news. is always in season with these oh, guys. Yeah, they, they if they're 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 the peak they're peak uh, they're peak beings. That, I'll tell you that much for sure. Like they've got oh, muscles yeah. on muscles for sure, for <laughs> sure. We'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel as I MT now and I retreat to our spank banks. Our many great options over at NewRockStarsBirch.com. Follow me at EA Boss. Follow MT at Master Taylor. Don't follow him all the way to where he's headed next, because you may not like what you see. You may be a little frightened. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't uh, already feel disgusted by everything I've just said. But I want to thank you all so much for listening yes, and, and watching. And we'll see you next week. Uh, bye bye, everybody. Bye.